You are listening to the Soul Sparks podcast, episode number 28 with Lindsay Mack. Welcome back. I am so excited to bring to you this uh, this interview today with Lindsay Mack. She is just a delight. I absolutely adore her. This interview was supposed to be posted like, I don't know, four months ago, like right around the new year. I um, have mentioned this before, but I had a little bit of a burnout. I launched three new things at once and had to figure my shit out a little bit, and it was quite a lot to handle. So the podcast ended up being put on the back burner. It just had to be for the time being, and um, I'm so excited to get back into the groove of this because honestly, I adore having these conversations and really getting to connect with you all in a more auditory way, which I just feel like fosters more of a connection. Um, This Convo is so fun. We talk a lot about Lindsay's own journey. Um, and then we also go into tarot, which is something that I, if you've been following me recently, you know that tarot is something I'm kind of branching into and I freaking love it. I um, have my own personal tarot offerings if people are interested. It's something I beta tested uh, back in December, which was one of the reasons why I burnt out because I had so many people sign up for them, which was so cool. Um, but they take they take a bit of time. They're super individualized and really, um, oh gosh, they're just so cool. Like I love doing them. So basically, I sit down and pull cards. So um, I kind of get some info on on you guys. I get into the right headspace, get into alignment, and then pull the cards and then do write ups for each of the cards on what they represent. Um, the most popular one's like a 12-card pull. It goes over the entire next chapter of your, kind of the next stage of your evolution. So you hit like what will empower you, what will get in the way a little bit, love, finances, career, health, spirituality, all that good stuff. So it's something I just so enjoy doing. So if you were interested in that, I will link to it. It's on my website at kristenlaurecom slash shop. Um, but I just, again, this has been something I've been... Um, finding so helpful. And it's been something I've been doing for a while for myself as part of my morning practice. But it's so cool to talk to Lindsay, who is just a boss at this. She has been doing this for 22 years. She started um, using tarot when she was 12. I mean, hello. I'll talk about being on your your life path there. She's just someone who gets it. And she has such a beautiful soul. Um, she talks a lot about, uh, in this in this podcast a little bit, but in her own, on her website and on her own podcast, which is um, Tarot for the Wild Soul. And it's a great podcast. I love it. Um, but she's a survivor of childhood abuse and trauma and really incorporates some of that into her overall view of the world and, um, you know, just kind of shapes who you are. And she's evolved into such a beautiful person. Um, but we just kind of go into all of this stuff. So she, um, kind of to give her the official bio here, Lindsay is the founder of Wild Soul Healing and Tarot for the Wild Soul. Um, she's an intuitive healer, holistic counselor, and tarot reader based in Brooklyn, New York. She offers and facilitates soul tarot readings, intuitive and spiritual coaching, mentorship, and tarot trainings for those who desire to heal, evolve, and live fully on their true soul path. Um, Lindsay is a host of the weekly podcast, Tarot for, Tarot for the Wild Soul. She was the weekly and monthly tarotscape 
um, Taroscope, a con- contributor for The Numinous for two years, and created the monthly channeled tarot column for Of the Wolves. Guys, I love The Numinous, by the way. It's like one of my favorite things ever. So definitely check that out. She has had pieces on tarot and spirituality published in Nurse Journal, Stone Fox Bride, Mind Body Green, and Life as Ceremony. Um, Lindsay has contributed pieces on the Tarot for Modern Women's Many Moons workbook and to Ruby Warrington's book, Mystical Girl, Material World, another one of my faves. Her work with the Tarot has been written about and featured in the New York Times, the Huffington Post, Well and Good, Nylon Magazine, and Free and Native, to name a few. Basically, again, she is on her A game. I love her. I wish I could have gotten this um, episode out earlier because there were some timely things that she was doing, but she's always launching new things. She's always um, coming out with beautiful ways to really connect to people at all price points and to really be um, just a beautiful facilitator for people discovering tarot in their themselves and really um, going deeper into themselves, which I, um, you know, I'm all about. So, I will link to all of her things and I hope you guys go check her out because again, I just adore her and I love this conversation. And without further ado, here is Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Happy, whatever, almost, almost winter, solstice. winter solstice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so excited to have you on. I'm a big fan of your podcast and your work and your writing and um, just think we're going to have such a good, deep, you know, woo-woo conversation here and can't wait to dive in. Definitely. I feel the same way. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. So let's get let's get all the dirt on you. Um, how did you get here? <laughs> Tell us a little bit, kind of the, the Cliff Notes version. How's your journey been? How did you get here? Well, I am a survivor of pretty serious trauma and abuse. And in the kind of, uh, which I'm very public about, and I think it's important to be if you've had extensive childhood abuse, not that everyone has to, but it's been important for me. And um, didn't really understand that that would be one of the greatest aids that I would have in my life for holding space for others. And so in my healing journey, I did all these different things. I went to school to be a health coach, and then I went and got deeper education in holistic counseling and did somatic experiencing and all these different things. And all through the course of me doing all these different, getting all these different healing certifications, I've been reading tarot since I was 12 years old. So there's over 20 years. I've been reading tarot and taught myself how to read tarot. I've never had a teacher and um, just never thought that it would be, never thought that it was like a part, even a part of, because even four years ago, Mm -hmm. like we're, we're living in a time now where I can't believe that I now have enough hindsight. Like that wasn't really happening. Like people weren't really, even four years ago, like, oh, I do this modality and I fold in tarot. Like that's fairly new. And I just didn't think about that seven years ago when I was doing coaching. I just didn't think about that. And so then I had kind of a life changing sort of breakthrough slash breakdown that really wound up a saving my life when I was 30 years old and B setting me on a very powerful kind of guided path 
none of it was intentional Mm -hmm. that put me in a position to be in a shop in Brooklyn, uh, reading tarot for people. And as an adult, kind of over the bridge of this intense experience, having had all of my education, all of a sudden I had this lightning bolt where I thought, whoa, I'm hearing things for people. Mm. And I know how to contextualize, talk to them in a way that is ethical and warm and responsive because I have this background. And all of a sudden there was this understanding, one that I had never thought would be there. Like I just, I wanted to read that day just to try something different Mm -hmm. because I um, was trying new things at that time. And um, I walked out of the shop and called my husband and I said, that's what I'm going to do. Like this is, I've never loved anything more than I've loved doing this. And it's been like this presence in my life for 22 years, just patiently waiting for me to realize like it was there to work through me. And honestly, since that day, I have worked my ass off in my work, but I can't say I have hustled. Mm -hmm. It's happened. It's happened where it's all been word of mouth. It's all been that people enjoyed what I did. And because I came to my career at Tarot so beyond with so many different issues, lifetimes, pain, processing, Mm -hmm. all that, I just was over trying to push anything or sell anything. So I just said, you know, I had a job at that time and I was like, well, I'll do this. And I just want to be of service basically. And then I was able to like quit my job and then my work has come to the point that it's come to, which is quite expansive. Um, so that's my, that's my story is that I sought out a lot of healing and have always wanted to rigorously help others because I know what it is to go through things and not have that help. And, um, tarot folding in and becoming part of it was sort of like an 11 o'clock edition. Like I didn't really <laughs> see it coming, but the cliff notes version, that's about as short as I can get it. It's been a very long, very windy journey, but beautiful. Uh, I love that. That is so cool. And just such a testament to, you know, how the dots connect. They always right. connect, right? And it can be, and even for you, that's a pretty short timeline. You know, you're able to kind of yeah. get, and you know, it's definitely still evolving, which is the best part of life. We never know what the mm-hmm. next step is, but for you to really see things settle into place, especially after so much pain and heartbreak and trauma, um, having yeah. having this happen, yeah. the way that it's happened is just amazing. It's just amazing. So I love that so much. And, you know, Tell tell us a little bit more about that actual transition from quitting the job and like going mm-hmm. into this and, and also healing as a healer. These are two kind of separate things, but I think they're actually related. You know, when you're still moving mm-hmm. through a lot of your pain, and I know you've done a lot of processing and a lot of work on that and you believe so, so much in that, but how, you know, is it ever hard for you to hold space for other people when you're like, I'm still figuring my shit out? <laughs> um. Well, I understand the spirit of that question. Mm -hmm. It's a great question, but the answer is no, Mm -hmm. I don't. Because when you have a dharma to be of service, you are getting healed through the Mm -hmm. service. 
anyone who is in front of you is for you too. Mm-hmm. And when I sit across from someone, when I have the pleasure, the honor, and the privilege, I leave with my nervous system shifted. So there's always something. Um, but I think that this idea of I'm still figuring my shit out, um, that can happen in tandem with serving other people. It just is a question of showing up in willingness, ethics, responsibility, and with the most open channel you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm still doing this work. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, there's no, it, it, that's one of the, that, that is unfortunately one of the biggest bill of goods that we are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when we see people who have a perception of earthly success or of like great opportunity that we think like, wow, they are like not dealing with anything anymore. And really I am not crippled by PTSD anymore, thank God, because Mm -hmm. I saw the right doctors and had the right caretakers and had the right space holders. But um, I I will be moving through trauma for the rest of my life. It it is actually a great ally and teacher for me. Yes, and that's okay. And that's that's exactly how it should be. It's so good. I love this. And I think... You know, I ask this question a lot to the healers that come on this the podcast, and it's always the same answer. And that's my answer, too. It's, yeah. the, you know, the healing as a healer is the point. You know, it, it's it's going through yeah. the motions. And really, right. there's it's it's all one thing. And, and I feel really blessed to be at that place to um, understand that that's actually, like, authenticity. Like, that's what I want. Totally. I want to still feel like I'm healing and moving through whatever it is and I'm moving through because that makes me able to connect um, – but that was just a very beautiful way that you answered that. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And in terms of the job. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, I don't know that I have a Cracker Jack story because mm-hmm. I, I knew not to quit. That doesn't, that's not everyone's story, but I knew in my intuition, just in my gut not to quit my job. I don't know how to explain that, but I knew not, I knew that that was not in alignment for me. And, but I didn't know, um, if I, like my guides kept telling me like, don't quit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I remember being like, all right, you know, by the way, sorry, everyone, I live in Brooklyn and there are sirens. It's okay. um, They hear Chicago sirens all the time. (laughs) Yeah, they get it. But um, I was working as a childcare provider at the time, and the woman that I was working for came to me, who I was very close with and still am. Uh, she was just a, an amazing employer, and I loved her child. And she came to me and told me, like, guess what? I'm pregnant, and I'm about three months along, and so in six months, we're going to have this baby. And because she'd had a very traumatic labor the first time she had a scheduled C-section for the second baby just for safety. And so she literally told me the date that she was going to give birth and also told me we won't need you after we have the second baby because we're going to, I'm probably not going to go back to work. So that'll literally be your last day. And she, it was a super sweet conversation. And she also was kind of like, 
by the way, like, it seems like this work you're doing is very powerful to people. Like maybe you should consider not getting another job. And I remember her leaving me and me being in a, in like the playroom with her child and thinking like, that's my last day of work Mm -hmm. ever. And I had six months to prepare for that. And for anybody, um, who might be listening, who's deeply desiring to leave their day job to do healing work, do not get it twisted. It is one of the most intense, like, I feel like in the, in the, in the arc of my life, my brain tried to twist me up with leaving my day job possibly more than anything. Like there were so many regressions, so much self-sabotage. And Mm. I mean, it still happened and it was fine, but just know that it often will feel like it might not be the right thing. And that's not, you know, feelings are not always fact, as you know. So it was pretty powerful, but um, all turned out well. <laughs> but I think everyone has their uh, has their own story. Like some of my tarot students like have quit their jobs, like they quit them and they have to really work in a lot of um, like a lot of scrambling to yeah. get to a point where they can do it. And some people ease in. I really feel like I eased in. Um, I I didn't have like any, I don't know why that happened necessarily, but I, I feel like I eased in because as soon as I quit, basically a couple weeks later, my schedule was full. Yep. So that's my, that's exactly my story too. Like exactly. Uh-huh. Um, where Amazing. I was at my corporate job and I knew, and it was, it was good. I I really, really enjoyed it. I also knew that it was not a forever thing and it was such a intuitive nudge to just, to stay there and soak it in and enjoy, you know, whatever illusion of stability because nothing's ever for sure. That's one of the things that we think corporate life is really that secure. It's not. Um, but I remember when it was time, I just, I kind of knew it. And it was a year and a half into doing this as a side hustle, coaching and, I know, creating my Instagram and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. when I really let go of the corporate job, it was so quick for me to fill up that schedule and I was ready for it. And I think I I love that model for a lot of people. I also think some people need the push and they, they need to push themselves a little bit. And I don't know if I like the word hustle ever, but you know, some people yeah. are just more wired to like that. And I'm like, totally. I'm not that person. That is not Me my personality. Neither. So it's not I my, <laughs> that's not my flow either. Uh, um, okay. Love that story. Let's take it even further back. Would people who grew up with you be surprised that you're doing this? Were you always kind of like, I know you said 12 was when you started this, but mm-hmm. would people be like, oh, that's interesting. Lindsay's a tarot reader. Like what, or just how successful you've also been with this. People, are people surprised? Tell me about your, tell me about your childhood <laughs> in that respect. Well, I don't, no one's been surprised. Yeah. No, because I've always been like a little seer, not like, yeah. um, I was like a little asshole too, you know, just <laughs> like many things, but Hopefully I can curse on this podcast. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yes. Um, no one's surprised because I was reading tarot all through middle school, high school, and college. So anyone – like I get messages regularly. Um, I just got one from a college friend who was like, holy shit. Like my girlfriend has been listening to this podcast that she's obsessed with on tarot, and I just fucking 
realized it's, it's yours. yours. <laughs> and I remember that. like you reading at all these different picnics and events and at school and like, what? Oh my God. And so people remember. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't think there have been, if people have been sort of surprised, like they haven't expressed that to me, yeah. but, um, it's not crazy because I, I, even though I was doing different things with my life, um, somehow I'm not, I don't think too many people would are, are shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you, you've always been kind of on this path, even though it's been windy in so many ways. I mean, it's just, it's been your energy behind it too, which I think is why it flows easily to you. You know, I think that's, it's mm-hmm. one, even if you're not, the manifestation of this energy is different and you've had major detours probably, but it's still mm-hmm. flowing in some aspect. I think that's, you know, really cool to watch. And I'm sure people are so proud of you and just, do you get a lot of like, you know, people saying that's so cool that you're doing this. Is it ever weird that this has worked out so well. Do you ever question that it's worked out so well for you? Um, it's not, it's never weird. Um, I'm always really honored and really flattered. I get a lot of, I get a lot of love letters yeah. and it's, yeah, like just, and not even I'm saying like from the public, I just around like people are, yeah, People are really supportive of what I do. Um, I I don't know that I'm surprised or not surprised. Yeah. Like I, so one of the one of the things that has been that we haven't touched on is that I use tarot, and this will relate back to your question. But when I was, I never. I never really sought out to be a teacher of tarot. Mm-hmm. I was I was hoping to give readings and it evolved into something different, but what I didn't mention was that when I was going through some of my biggest really biggest healing after I had a breakdown at 30, tarot was the tool when I was in the worst of the worst of it that I would go to when like literally I thought I was going to have a heart attack because Mm. my panic was so Mm -hmm. bad or my regressions were so bad or whatever that, um, I would just like anywhere in the bathroom at a Mm -hmm. restaurant, like on the subway, like I didn't care. I would reach in my bag and I'd put my hand on my deck and I would just say, God, you know what, how can I mother myself best in Mm. this moment? And so it became this tool in the trenches, in the actual moments of difficulty, um, provided me with some visual medicine that was helping me to evolve out of the trauma. Uh And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was the birth of how I teach tarot, which is Mm -hmm. fairly different than how most people do. And it's partially because I realized that what I was reading in books was in some ways, not what I had experienced with seeing how far a card could go in one area or another, because Mm -hmm. I was doing it, it with such depth. So 
because I came from having, cause I like read forever, but that I don't really feel like I was reading, reading until then mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't really reading with devotion and with a desire to connect with spirit. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I'm surprised, not surprised. I just knew that I started to have something to share and I was incredibly mm-hmm. unattached about mm-hmm. who might show up for that. Uh, and I, I yeah, I was, like for real, I was just like, well, I know that this has helped me. And I know that as a trauma survivor, I am sensitive to some of the ways that tarot with, with respect to the people who've come before me, but the way people interpret certain cards mm-hmm. and I, and I'm finding that I resonate with something different because I, when you really live through the tower and come out the other side, you do know that it's survivable. It's yeah. just that the languaging, it can be nice to have it be within the lens of soul growth rather than, yes. you know. <laughs> so surprised, like I would say I'm more, I'm more amazed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm mm-hmm. grateful, but I don't feel like, um, I'm not attached. Like, I'm not attached yep. because if people are attracted to what I'm doing, I'm just a mirror for them anyway. And I know it. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, I, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly my path too. I think that's why I resonate with you so much and always feel yeah. that connection because that's how everything has grown for me. Um, it was never, here's where I want to be. How do I get there? Yeah. Or what's the, I mean, it was seriously when I started my Instagram account, it was because I was like, what pep talk do I need to hear today yes. that I wish I would scroll by? And, get it. and it was, and it was so, and I'm not kidding. And I'm, I'm, I know this is very similar to, I'm sure your stories of when people connected even early on, like when you could see that and feel that deep connection, I'm like, there is something here. And so I'm not surprised that I've had the growth that I've had, but it's not, it's also like I, I'm not attached to it at all because it's just yeah. I've always done what I've needed to do that to be healing for myself and for the people around me and the people that I love and the people that have yeah. grown to love in my community that I've never met that I hope to meet one day and all those things. And it's, I mean, I just think I'm sure you can relate to this. How cool is it that we get to feel so connected to people that, you know, we may never get to hug, but, you know, know, isn't that so amazing? It is the most amazing thing. It's it's such a gift to be doing this work mm-hmm. at this time mm-hmm. with all these resources and abilities to have such depth of relationship with people that we've never necessarily met before. It's so beautiful. Love it. Okay, let's get into like, you know, what is tarot? Um, <laughs> okay, so how would you, if people don't know, or maybe mm-hmm. are a little bit freaked out by it, or just want to know, you know, just curious about it, like, how would you describe tarot, how you use tarot, maybe how that's different from um, how others use it, just kind of, maybe as brief as you can, like, what what is tarot? <laughs> tarot is um, an ancient tool made up of uh, 78 cards, which each contain um, a, within them and upon them an archetypal figure or image that is connected with a teaching or um, a particular energy. And 
although tarot is said to be and can be used as a fortune telling tool, um, where it really loves to be is in the present moment, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really where it loves to be because ultimately there is no future. We are birthing it in every moment that we are awake and present. We need only to look at the political climate in the United States to see how important it is to be making choices mm -hmm. when we're present. We need only to see that, um, yeah, we need only to see how important it is that we are uh, there, not just not participating in our lives. So tarot... Um, can do lots of things. It's a mirror, these cards that can be used in any way you want to manipulate and to terrorize, or it can be used to heal. It's just like people, like people can, mm -hmm. we have, we have choices and people can be uh, horrible or, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. they can be wonderful. And um, tarot is essentially 78 cards ranging from the majors to the minors to the court cards that are said to really comprise the whole entirety of the human experience, really what it is to be a human mm -hmm. on earth. And the archetypes exist as a kind of a window into a memory. Like everyone knows what the fool is. Everyone really knows what the wheel of fortune is. Like everyone really knows what these cards are. And, um, for anyone who's scared of them, um, you know, there are a lot of things I could say to that perhaps, but the most important thing is that the tarot is only ever really as good as the person interpreting what you're getting. So mm -hmm. if something feels scary, they're probably not doing their job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or projecting onto you. Hardcore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would say doing your job because mm -hmm. really like the job of a tarot reader is to do their work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's just a map for the present moment to help you to see how you can be more aligned with your soul's truth. And that's basically how I approach it is really through the understanding that it is a bridge that links our earthly existence, our choices and our free will to our innate divine soul nature and can help us to connect with where we can be either wisely responding or surrendering to whatever energies are in front of us. Mm. And that's what I'd say. Love it. Very, very well said. Um, I love, I don't know if I've shared as much of my morning practice, just I don't know if I've ever gotten to it on this podcast, but tarot is a part of my morning podcast, my morning podcast. That's not a thing. <laughs> my morning practice. <laughs> um, I pull, I don't know, whatever I really feel like. There's no, I, I don't, I'm really loose with it. I, um, like this morning I pulled two cards. Sometimes I will just turn over my deck and to shuffle and the card on the bottom will resonate with me. I'm like that, I'm supposed to see that one today. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like I just really try, it's helped me get in touch with my intuition so much. And I can't tell you how many like goosebump moments I'll have where I'm like, oh, oh. like holy shit. Like yeah. I will pull the same card, you know, over and over again, or I will just get, you know, it's just the message is it could not be more perfect, you know, and I think there's it's it's but it's more validating of um of 
either, like sometimes it even feels different. Sometimes it's more validating to my own intuition, like really rooted in myself, which I guess is kind of rooted to your higher self. Or sometimes I'm like, people are looking out for me. I got my guides Mm -hmm. on my team. Like they're really coming through right now. And it's just so, it's nothing but positive, even when it's negative. And I've had moments, I've had it like maybe two months ago, I had a stretch where I just got all reversed cards, all tough cards. And I'm like, give me a break. But I felt it. Mm. And, I th- and it was a period of time where I'm like, I needed rest, you know? And yeah. it was like, okay, you're going through a lot of your beliefs. But I just, I have loved um, my own process with tarot. So does that make sense? <laughs> oh, 100%. I, I think that that's so beautiful. And a gift to everyone listening to hear how joyfully and richly you connect with your spiritual practice your meditative practice and your personal practice it's beautiful and yeah I totally agree how okay so in terms of once again how you read how has um how you've you know read tarot and Mm -hmm. your journey has that changed or have you always been with the same kind of mindset like how does that make any sense (laughs) you mean from like when I was 12 yeah like how now or well, yeah. Well, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you've had absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get. I feel like I get better. I've been thinking about this lately. How um, reflecting on some of my earliest students, like mm-hmm. the first five people I taught, and like, mm-hmm. just wow, like <laughs> how different I was as a teacher because I'm always learning and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have changed a lot. Um, how I can really see it is that I am a really an intuitive who reads tarot, and that's mm-hmm. how I would that's how I would label myself. That I'm a very, very um, like proud reader of tarot, and really pride myself on being someone who values study and perpetual learning about it. I love to teach it. But when I read, I'm channeling Mm -hmm. and largely channeling. And that is something that has gotten like stronger to a degree that I didn't even know was possible over the years because um, I'm still always doing my own work. And so the more... I do my work, the more I find my channel expands. And um, the one area that I think, yeah, so I think clarity, focus, more confidence certainly develops, um, willingness to not really care if they like the reading Mm -hmm. or not. Like that's really... Um, it used to be something that I would tell people like not up, not up to them to necessarily like it or not like it. It's really none of our business if they like it or they don't. Um, but now I really am so gentle with that. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're underwhelmed. Like that's so perfect. You know, it's cool. Like you're allowed to be. And that's great. So I think just the humility of it all is still pretty consistent in me like I just I don't really care if people like it or not Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I know I I care I've never had anybody leave my my space unhappy 
they will sometimes leave being like, hmm. And then later I might hear like, holy shit. Like I had no idea what you were talking about. And now I totally get it. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm really changing all the time because I'm not, I've never had a tarot teacher. So I'm only really connecting with, you know, my own, my own thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally always changing. I love that. And I think so many people can relate to this in terms of um, really anything to circle back really quickly here around when, especially that are highly empathetic and that feel things deeply and can pick up on people's energy. I think for anyone that's at all someone who's putting out content, if they're starting a blog or they're putting it right, anything that's, you know, they're fearing, you know, being judged on it. I think there's like this it's such a good reminder that we we will probably we will be lucky to know if how we affect people. You know, I think mm-hmm. you and I have had a platform that allows people to comment and give us feedback, which is so so lucky. But you never know how much you your words might deeply help someone. You might you will never mm-hmm. you might never know that. And I think there's something so so beautiful about the fact of, it's almost like a surrender thing to where if you're putting yourself out there in any capacity to just know and to trust that like your your energy is really um really like nestling into the people's hearts that need to hear it you know what I mean does that make any sense absolutely you totally agree so I just love that about that for you personally what has been coming up for you and it could be just intuitively um rather than even through tarot um, for your personal practice but what what messages have been coming up for you a lot lately that you're you know supposed to be moving through Well, I have been in a real personal split Mm. lately that came to a head last night, actually, in a great way. Um, I was on the fence about whether to go in one direction with my career or another um, one of them involved one, one kind of option for the path involved a kind of being, well, it's not really worth getting into, but I think that the thing that, um, has been coming up for me more has been about receiving. Mm-hmm. Like that's really where I've been and my, all the work that I, all the real clearing that I've been getting to do around my ancestral line with receiving and what it is to be working all the time and um, how I would like that to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what it is to choose ease and grace even during difficult moments even during tumultuous moments. And um, so there's been, I've been in quite a powerful inner, I think if you caught me any day of the week, I would say something similar, but I I really have been in a time lately with, um, like I can't necessarily say messages, but certainly the work and the intention and the invitation, the pressure from my guides has really been to, 
um, look at the patterning with stress and work and um, doing too much. And like, I, I definitely am moving in a very different direction with my work come 2018 and beyond. Like I'm, I'm moving a little bit beyond now, like seeing 20 people a week, which yep. is what I've been doing for the last two and a half, three years. I and hear you on that one. It, yeah. It's lovely, and but it's a lot, a lot of energy to take on. <laughs> yeah. And I've been doing it and able to do it. And then I just couldn't anymore. Like my, my body, like I didn't have a breakdown or any, any kind of burnout. I just started to notice that after session four in a day of seven people, I was getting exhausted. And so I just don't sweat that. I'm like, great. My body's talking to me. I'm going to honor that. I don't necessarily really. And, and kind of around the same time, I started to get all these um, downloads about certain offerings. And so I was like, yes. great. If that's how I'm meant to be kind of shifting, that's great. But I think the whole year for me, and especially recently, has really been about choosing kind of grace and space rather than attempting to fill my attempting to schedule fill rush um like I'm not a hustler type yeah. but I but I do sometimes yeah. have tendencies where I'm like I'll do a million things and sometimes that works but I'm finding that that's starting to change I, okay, so I love this topic a lot because I've, I've seen it come up a lot in my coaching calls lately um, of us as kind of a global, you know, consciousness being, you know, less black and white about things, right? And so yeah. I think this is such a great topic to hit on. And I notice this as well too, because it's, it's not, there's periods where you actually like to fill your schedule up. Like it felt good, you know, and it might be tiring, yeah. but it wasn't like it was draining. And what I love about what you're saying is that you reach the point where you're saying, you know what, I, my body's saying no, no more, but it didn't make all those days that you did fill up when it felt okay, when it felt good, it didn't make that wrong either. No. You know, it had to be one or the other. And I love the That's way right. that you're talking about this because- I think it's so important to honor that. And I think the transition period is one of the weirdest times in life when you're really going in between two kind of lifestyles, you know, and it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's merely just a transition from, you know, one chapter to the next. But I love the way that you're bringing that up because I've seen that a lot lately. Yeah, I think people are just getting really burned out. Mm -hmm. And and that that's not necessarily my you know, again, my direct experience, but I, I love the, yeah, I just think that I will say that I think that a gift of mine, if I could pat myself on the back for something is like, I really know when to fold them. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I know like time to, time to shift this, like time to leave this or time to say goodbye to this. Like I always know. And I don't, e I don't always know how I know, but I never fight it. Like I always know that it's time to leave things or to change things. And, um, I love it because I get bored. Like I, yeah. And that was the other thing too. Um, I was sitting with people like all day and I, boredom is not the word that comes to mind, but there was also a day where I just was so aware of how 
kind of stiff where my body was Mm -hmm. sitting and listening, you know, and I thought, I don't desire this from Mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I just don't desire to be sitting for six hours of my day, you know, four days a week. I just don't, I do, I just don't desire that from myself. Um, but then in order to, as you know, make those shifts, two things come up that are inevitable and part of the contraction expansion process of what it is to keep evolving as any kind of person, but especially as a healer is that when you realize that something not just maybe isn't necessarily working, but that you are starting to get the sense that it's no longer in alignment for you, two things usually come up. And one of them is, Oh my God, is this the end of my career, which Mm -hmm. it never is. And secondly, what am I going to do now? Like, what if I give this up and then, you know, I don't, I don't make as much money or I don't do this or that. And I have found in my life, I've done this now many times, Mm -hmm. a version of this. And, um, oh my God, I've found like the more I honor this, usually like the more abundance comes my way, which Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. But, um, so yeah, that's been, it's been really lovely to be able to go through this because, um, it's afforded me so much clarity around my patterns with work and Mm. my family patterns with work. Like I love my work and would do it all day, every day. And then all of a sudden I just thought, I don't know that I want to be doing it like this. And then things started to shift. So I'll be curious, you know, next year is going to be really interesting. Like I thought, I would be doing a bunch of things and now I'm not going to be doing some of those things. And mm-hmm. it's great. Like it's all really, really good. But, um, I'm just kind of excited. I know certain things are happening and other than that, I don't really know, <laughs> but yeah, that's what's been going on is kind of shedding this paradigm of, um, not believing that you can be supported by changing, kind of yeah. honoring the natural process of change. And just as you said, not judging it as being a problem. It's been great. It just now isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. What? Okay, so astrology-wise, like what, what are you? What are you made up of? <laughs> um, I'm an Aries. Okay. Yeah, I'm an eighth house Aries, mm-hmm. and I have a Virgo rising mm-hmm. and a Leo moon. Great. Yeah. I'm How a, about you? I'm a Virgo sun, uh, Sag rising, and Gemini moon. Wow. How is that for you? I'm really mutable to uh, <laughs> to yeah. the point that I. it's really interesting. I'm entering my um, Saturn return probably wow. here in the next, well, next year, um, especially, well, you know, when to Capricorn today. So that's going to be interesting in my house of finances. And it's been, I mean, I can feel the shift so crazily. And I think it's something where this is kind of a side note, but it's happening right now and we'll be airing mm-hmm. this really recently. So it's good. Um, mm-hmm. There, I resist any sort of structure like with every fiber of my being. Like I hate it. I'm very I restless. I get it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how I've really, um, I know just intuitively that this is going to be the next two and a half years, three years are going to be about me finding freedom through structure and through looking at a lot of things and through not mm. leaving and not running and not 
numbing out with wine, which is my guilty pleasure, you know, like not mm-hmm. doing all those things that I thought afforded me freedom, but would, which actually, you know, kind of made me feel heavier in the, in the long run. So it's, it's an interesting combo, but mm. that's my, that's my deal. <laughs> that's beautiful. Do you know what house your son is in? It's in the 10th house. Oh, wow. That's uh-huh. powerful. I got a lot of stuff in the 10th house. Mm. Interesting. That's cool. So this is a Capricorn rich chart for you. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. uh, I have I have a stellium in my fourth house of Capricorn. So it will what be, is that? Stellium is three, uh, really four, uh, but they say three or more planets in the same sign in one house. Well, there we go. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what exactly that means, but I'm excited. Um, all of my Capricorn is in my fourth house. So mm. um, I assume a lot about home and security yeah, and all that jazz. Feeling, yeah. That's, yeah. It's so interesting. Um, what was I going to say? Something about – oh, you did – I listened to a podcast recently uh, from you with – talking about venus and scorpio which is my sign is like that's my sign so when i was going through that i was wow. like oh shit you know it's a it's a weird one i think <laughs> i'm like what is this it's a weird energy to put in in the mix of all my other ones and it's but i really resonate with that so if anyone i'll link to that because i thought it was really i mean it's past now but it was a good one just to at least for me to get clarity but that's a so that's what <laughs> that's your natal thing your mm-hmm. venus and scorpio mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. That's one of my favorite placements. A lot of my, um, like my best and dearest girlfriend is a Venus in Scorpio. And I have a client that I just cherish and adore and she's Venus in Scorpio. I, I don't know. Like it's a great, I think it's a beautiful placement. It's so devoted, so rigorously devoted. There's to, intense. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so loving. Mm-hmm. Like the Venus and Scorpios I know love with all they've got. They're not mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. They're really not afraid. Even if they're afraid, they're not afraid. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's 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 an interesting one. And I what's fascinating to me is that, you know, the past couple of years have been less about r- really love and relationships and more about money. And you know with this, I with Venus and Scorpio as well, there's an element of um manifestation. Where it's like there's a deep, almost, uh, you know, there's a deep ele- element to that where I'm like, I totally get that. And now I have to feel worthy of keeping it. And so it's a, just yeah. a really interesting one. But it's, there is, there is a beautiful intensity to Scorpio. And I've always liked Scorpios. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, people, they get a bad reputation. I love Scorpios. I love Scorpios but, yeah, you know, I'm whatever. married to one. There we go. Yeah. Sick of the best. I love Scorpios. <laughs> I, my, basically most of my chart is Scorpio or eighth house related. And Mm. I've always, I really resonate with that energy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm very much an Aries. Well, an Aries with a, with a Virgo rising is a little bit more muted, but I really, um, there are a lot of Scorpionic qualities to me and Mm. I really appreciate the sign in general. So how does, you know, with, and I guess I, I could say that was the same thing about 
my sign. I just, I love astrology. I could talk about it all day. We won't, yeah, but with your, with Aries and with the Virgo energy, there is kind of a temperance to that. And there's probably a grounding to that. I think they probably complement each other well, but also this is why I really, really believe in astrology of, of how um, complex we are and how we have so many, just so many pieces of ourselves that are sometimes at odds with each other. And we're all of it, you know, we are so mosaic. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you see that play out in your own personality with that kind of the fire and intensity and take charge and go, go, go. And then the, the Virgo, which is in its own way, very intense, but how do you Mm -hmm. see those play together just in your life? I love to hear people's examples. (laughs) Well, I have to go back to the eighth house sun because, um, I am. So for anyone who doesn't know this, when you're born in your natal chart, depending on when you were born, and you can check this out on your I'll link, chart. I'll link to this, yes. Yeah, your sun sign is in a particular house in your chart, and it's basically the home, the kind of home your sun sign lives in, the clothes it wears, the stage it walks on. So it's the external enrobing of your sign, and that I'm a different Aries because of that. Mm-hmm. And and I've always felt that. Like when I used to read about Aries, because eighth house is, is the house of Scorpio. And when I used to read about an Aries, I would be like, okay, but like what about all the intense privacy? And like what about like my need, super intense need to be alone and I'm not social and because I'm not a social person mm-hmm. at all. I'm like a total hermit. Um, and a happy one to be. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, but I think that my Aries gives me a lot of, um, willingness to be kind of, um, well, I, I appreciate my Aries because I think it can get things done. It's courageous. And the Virgo, I think keeps me, if I can be really, just transparent. I think that it keeps me grounded in a lot of integrity. And I think it keeps me grounded in the, the service of it because I definitely came into this lifetime shedding a very old thing that I know that I've carried for many lifetimes, which was like, wanting to be famous Mm -hmm. because sometimes I used to be want want to be an actor. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I think I want that and I have been proven multiple times over the years that that's actually not truly what I am desiring Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Like anytime I've gotten any kind of taste of any kind of thing, I, it makes me very aware of how, um, not in alignment it is Mm -hmm. for me and um sometimes my Aries likes to jump into things with that kind of energy but the Virgo has always been the thing that's been like well how is it serving how's it like I just think it offers a lot of rawness and authenticity and structure and rigor but all in the name of really is Virgo's mantra is I serve. So mm-hmm. Virgo's all about sacred service. And so 
I really find that there is a kind of a juxtaposition between fire and water there. But what I will say is that um, it does make for a very wired personality. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I think, too, I'm sort of equipped to want to – I need massive – I've learned over the years and – lost a couple folks down the road who just didn't really understand. And that's so okay. But yeah. I need pretty massive amounts of alone time where like, I'm not talking to you. Yep. And the people in my life who I am the closest, the deepest, the dearest, they're a lot like that too. Mm -hmm. So there's never really an explanation. Like there's just a lot of intuition there, but, um, I can go out for a little while, but then I have to come back in hugely. Yep. So yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, yeah, you I did. I, I just love, I love getting to, I mean, this is my whole thing. I love unpacking and getting down to just to the root of people and just hearing mm -hmm. people's quirks and their, what makes them tick and all the, I mean, and I'm, I'm also not big on over explaining things, you know, it's like, yes, these are, we can point to seeing why some of this is in, in your chart, but it's also, I mean, it's, tons of past lives things it's it's also us sometimes needing to be of service to other people's journeys and we've had soul contracts with them that we're coming mm -hmm. here to aid them on that doesn't really affect us at all even though it kind of does you know what I mean there's yeah. so many things that we don't know and I think it's so cool and I just I just love it I love people I'm so fascinated by people so I don't mm -hmm. even care if you weren't on track <laughs> yeah well thank you that's great um okay so let's Let's move into some of these sillier questions here um, that I always like to kind of wrap up with. Um, the first one's not that silly, but, uh, you know, what are you digging right now? Like, what um, books are you reading? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you, are you watching some Netflix? Like, what's, what is on your radar right now? Okay, so I am shamelessly, like, I say this totally shamefacedly. I just thought about this. I was on um, Facebook earlier and a friend of mine from my theater days in New York, what, um, posted something that was like my 10 favorite books of the year. And I was like, wow, because I don't know if I've read like a book this year, which is a tough admission, but I'm not reading anything right Are now. Are you a but reader? Like, do you normally read? I am. I've just yeah. been so busy that I haven't really, I've read like books that have related to my work, but not really dug into a true book. Um, but I'm on that for next year. What I am loving are two completely random things. I don't do a lot of listening to like spirituality stuff. I, mm -hmm. I like things about the arts and I like things that are really kind of silly. So two things that I'm really enjoying that may completely alienate everyone that's listening. <laughs> um, I love a podcast that was started by um, Jack Ferber and Reed Bartelm, Bartel, I think his name is. And the podcast is called What's Going On With Dance and Stuff. And it's two dancers who talk about dance and stuff. And it's amazing. Their banter is great. They, they talk to people who create dance, make dance. Sometimes it's a little alienating for me because I don't always know what they're talking about, but yeah. their banter is so fabulous and I love them. I just gave them a donation and they're just scrapping it and it's great. And the other, the thing that I'm watching religiously is, um, a show on true TV called, uh, at home with Amy Sedaris. And it's this very strange, 
um, very uh, on purpose, quirky, odd, like black comedy version of a Martha Stewart show. And Amy I've so Sedaris, seen um, like previews uh, of this, and I'm like, I love really weird off humor. Yeah. So I will have to it's, check that out. <laughs> it's magnificent. It's just so magnificent. It's just every episode's been a treat and a joy. So I'm loving that. I'm loving those two things. I think it's so important to. I mean, and there's there's times when I love going deeper into like Abraham Hicks. Or like, there's periods where I, I I need that, and it's it's almost like meditative for me. Or listening to even like podcasts, I'm burnt out on. You know, with my own. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't even listen to things that are on my same things that I normally consume so much. But there's yeah. something that's why I love. I love really stupid fiction. I love young adult fiction. I oh love, totally. Like, Anything that's just light and uh, stupid and lovely, that's, that's all it, it kind of it's so cleansing. So I'm, I'm on board. It's with that. so cleansing. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll throw another podcast into the mix. One of my faves, um, for about a year now has been bitch sesh, which is, um, about the real housewives. <laughs> I love which it. And I love the real housewives. Um, I love you will die. Kristen for this podcast because I'm again loving this. like okay. what's going on with dance and stuff mm-hmm. I'm so sorry it's all about the banter between the two hosts yes. and just the way they they sink into these it's amazing so Isn't I it, love something so joyful about that kind of chemistry and the kind of wit and just back and forth there's so, I mean it's just the oh that's so yeah. joyful I love it even if it's yeah. the stupidest thing ever <laughs> absolutely I agree uh, okay, that's great. Those are great suggestions. I cannot wait to check those out. Um, <laughs> who would play you in a movie? Wow. Isn't it a tough one? Like, it's, it's so silly, <laughs> but it's tough. Wow. Who would play me in a movie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I know the minute we hang up, I'll think of someone. Of course. Um, Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anybody right now. Don't, don't worry your pretty little head. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a great question though. Okay, the final question for this before we wrap up and talk more about what's you know what's going on and where people can find you. This is totally Oprah's, and I love it. Um, but what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is that in the most beautiful way, everything really is happening for me, whether it is an injury or an illness, or a magnificent dinner, or a missed appointment, that there's nothing that, certainly nothing that is happening on accident, and always happening for my evolution in some way. And the more I know really know that. And I do know that for sure. Um, the more my life really changes to a place of trust with the chaos and the mystery, because I'm not always supposed to understand why or how, 
but I do know that it's not wrong and certainly not random. Mm. Amen to that. That was <laughs> so good. Okay. And Lindsay, where can people find you? People can find me on my Instagram. I'm wild soul healing on there. And people can also find me on my website at lindsaymack.com. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was such, such a lovely chat. So enjoyed having you. And yeah, thank you. It was lovely to be here, Kristen. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do with this podcast and in the world. Well, thank you. You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, thanks.